what was this uh, this little Batman thing you're getting into? Well, never never at a loss for Batman, or or you know, always ready to watch and engage some Batman. But I recently, I think I talked about it a while ago, but I recently bought a Batman graphic novel, uh, Batman Year One, by Frank Miller, which is uh, I guess like a take on his origin story. If you're if you're familiar with that one. But it's yeah, no, like, I know about that one. It's it's a really cool story. It's it's uh, written by Frank Miller, but not illustrated by him. So it's kind of like a different art style, kind of like almost like a really retroy kind of like um, feels like what like a 1950s comic would have looked like, but like a gritty. Like if you think 1950s, 1960s era comic, I think I haven't looked took, into it much, but they look really. If you bright. took a 1950s comics and you turned the hue saturation. Down. way down yeah exactly yeah, okay exactly much much darker tones <laughs> for sure and just like yeah a grittier gotham and like that's what i like about frank miller's stories like it's just like uh my probably my favorite batman stories for sure would you say it's like victorian-esque you know what i mean it's it's not like tim burton's batman it's not like that kind of gothic if that's what you're talking about, like that kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. almost really dramatic kind of Gotham, like that's what you're saying. It's uh, let me try and just find some pictures to compare. It's it's more modern. It's more like that retro uh, neon kind of New York City vibe, you know, like old school New York. Oh, okay, yeah. So shitty, trashy, crybird in New York. Exactly, exactly. Like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I think what, it was what we saw like in The Joker, for example. What we saw, yeah, exactly, like kind of what we saw in The Joker. I think um, even the Christopher Nolan trilogy is like really heavily influenced. I know Batman Begins was heavily influenced by this one, and it 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 definitely like sows those seeds for a grounded Batman story. I think, but um, anyways, like this, what I really liked about that one is how it starts off. I didn't get, I'm not too deep into it right now, but like I'm I'm having a good time reading it. It um. It, it kind of runs like a parallel story of Batman and Lieutenant Gordon or Detective Gordon. He's not even a lieutenant at this point, but, he, you know, uh, Gordon's just coming into Gotham City first, like as a rookie cop, pretty much. And uh, Bruce Wayne's just coming back from training. It's uh, we, we understand like he was just training essentially to become Batman. And like we, we know the origin story. We, we get we get the glimpses of the origin of uh, his parents getting mugged and shot. And um the whole time like there's like this inner monologue of of uh batman while while he is bruce wayne like it's it's really interesting you're getting like the thoughts of batman but he's actually like playing bruce wayne you know what i mean he has that whole kind of like like there's always this kind of thought that it's like when that when that murder happens you know bruce Mm -hmm. wayne is no longer bruce wayne like he becomes batman at that point and his alter ego is bruce wayne exactly yeah that's a common thread throughout most batman films yeah so it's it's beautiful i honestly really love that that this like billionaire playboy thing like that we you know we associate with a lot of superheroes or whatever it's like that's really his his mask like this guy is full out just gangster like vigilante beat the shit out of people but yeah there's like there's like this thing where he he's figuring out how to be batman so he doesn't have the suit yet he um he's just getting back to Gotham with all of his skills and like he he knows what he wants to do he wants to get revenge he wants vengeance on criminals so he's like seeing all the crime happening around him in Gotham and he's just like talking to himself like well I can I can go and like disrupt this but these guys aren't going to be scared of me like I'm just a man so like that you know plants the idea in his head like he needs to become more than that more than just the idea of a man and like that ties right into like the Christopher Nolan movies so um yeah like this is a it's definitely a good read it's definitely like deep in the batman myth you know what i mean yeah um like i've been rewatching some arkham games and the later one the, the last one arkham oh fuck what is it the last game arkham knight arkham knight was arkham the last knight, one I exactly think. yeah arkham knight yeah <clears throat> Arkham Knight really leans heavily into Batman as a symbol versus um, a man, even. And uh, well, after you p- complete the game and everything done, you are able to do Project Nightfall, which in the comics is where he 
burns down everything and then sort of starts anew also happened in um the dark knight rises after he fought superman so um it's always been about you know portraying a symbol because symbols can't die but men can exactly along those lines yeah yeah that was um like beautifully kind of said in the nolan movies which i also just kind of rewatched. i uh, i should so like um I'm big on Nolan. Like he's my favorite filmmaker. He's, he's the filmmaker that wants, or like that's kind of made me want to get into films practically in a sense. And, um, so I, I've, um, started showing my family more Nolan films, kind of like obscure ones and whatever. And like, I found out my sister never saw the dark Knight trilogy. I'm like, this is a fucking crime. Like this that's has to funny. be fixed. <laughs> at the start of quarantine, I found out my girlfriend hadn't watched, uh, the dark Knight trilogy. Oh no. So, there's people I had, I out there that haven't it. seen the Dark Knight trilogy, man. Like what? I brought her through it. She was like, her favorite thing was like Spider Man's the best trilogy. I'm like Spider Man, it's a good trilogy. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, the Raimi trilogy is it's like arguably like one of the best. But she can't talk shit about Batman until she's seen the Batman trilogy. Yes, and I showed her. So. Yes, and she liked it. Obviously, of course, you can't not yes. like it. <laughs> it's just uh, it's perfect. It's and 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 kind of what we're talking about, like. You know, as far as movies go, it, it speaks into, into like, I don't know how to say it, like speaks it into existence in a way. All these things of like Batman being a symbol and, and be more than a man, like Bruce Wayne can be broken, but you know, Batman can't be broken. And like the whole psychology of like, the guy's really fucked. Like, you know, like this guy is not normal. And when you get to the Dark Knight, right, the, the middle chapter of this movie where he's put to his test essentially right like we get to as far as trilogies go this the middle movie is the biggest test on your protagonist and that's when he's put up against the joker and when like you look at these characters you know like parallel side by side you're seeing almost a mirror you're seeing two people who are cast out of society because of their own like they feel so separated from it and and they're going to like the extreme measures of like trying to get their viewpoint across and and they're willing to go through like the extremes, you know. Um, yeah. I I don't know. I really like how the movie just like, it's like it's philosophical. It's like a philosophical superhero movie. It's not just action and and all the superhero stuff that we're used to, but it's a bit deeper. But even the action is fantastic. Like when they flip that real semi truck, I Dude. always love that scene. Oh yeah, like his yeah. practical effects are off the fucking chain they're fucking so sick i love nolan and is like his insistence on using practical over cgi most times like even with inception and the and the the rotating hallway yep, yep. like that's incredible <clears throat> just everything just who thinks he does of that? who thinks of that like i know i know that's been done before a lot in film but like to think like you know like green screens are the easy way out nowadays but no let's just let's put a human in a spinning room and and shoot it and you know it's just because i think awesome. he knows like he needs to have his movies stand the test of time if he's yeah to yeah. go down as one of the greatest, which you know he will. And I I don't know if he's aware of that, but like oh no, that's um, his. I've I've watched interviews of him where he he says that like that's his goal. You know, he's trying to make things that are exactly what you said stand the test of time. That you know, not in a pretentious way or timeless, but I mean, you look at any of his films, they're they are they stand as a piece of cinema. You know. Like they they yeah. stand as a, in a class of their own. Um, he's never but, yeah. pretentious. It seems it just seems he really likes telling stories. And now that he, just, he has yeah, the ability, he really likes to, movies. He has the ability, and people are willing to give him the resources to create the craziest stories. That's what he mm-hmm. feels he is responsible for. So I want to ask you, what's your favorite Batmobile out of all the Batmobiles? Video games included, comic books, all that. Oh, that's a tough one. It is a tough Batman one. There's because there's so many good ones. I really do like the tumbler. Yeah, that that's was where like, I go to first. Yeah, I did grow up on that. It is a little weird that it's a tank, and then everything afterwards just sort of got influenced by that. Mm-hmm. But um, I actually don't even mind. I actually really, really, really like um, Snyder's Batmobile. Oh, dude! I yeah. think it's. I think it's super slick best of both worlds but i am mm-hmm. really looking forward to um the new batmobile robert Pattinson's because, batman yeah 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 um 
That looks like a muscle car. It looks like uh it doesn't even look like a Batmobile. I mean it has the end engine kind of a that looks, you know, yeah. a little out there. But um I think I talked to this about you. The I've I've shown you Ken Block. Uh Ken Block so. is he's a professional driver. Um he does crazy, crazy driving stunts, lots of drifting and He's got a crazy car collection. Um, oh yeah, with his, with his company, yeah. the Hoonigan. Yeah, um, I remember this. So the guy that designs his cars designed the Batmobile. Yeah. So and I'm it, expecting that. some crazy, crazy shit. Some drifting um, for sure. Some Tokyo Drift meets Batman. Some more, um, like oh, it's hard to explain. Like some more practical car chases versus you know i like no one's car chases but like the tumbler's a little goofy you have to admit because you know that thing only went like 15 miles per hour and try to film it to make it look like it's going 100 it's but the fact it jumps they get that shit to jump in midair and like stop yeah. a stop a rpg in yeah yeah but i wanted to say something about the tumbler you know how nolan made that like he conceptualized that thing in his mind but how he presented the idea of that because there's i don't think there was much of um inspiration in like the classical sense from like the comic books or anything that inspired the tumbler there's the closest thing i can think of is the dark knight returns tank batmobile which is just like a monster of its own if you if you haven't seen that it doesn't even look it looks like a living beast um tank like it's it's insane and you know you get a sense they're kind of going for something like that like a, a heavy militarized tank but it's it's much more like a tank. It's not like a Batman. It doesn't have a bat symbol, you know, anywhere on it. It doesn't have bat wings or anything like the classic ones do. So what he did was he took like military tanks, toy military tanks, practical models. Uh, I'm pretty sure like took pieces of Lamborghinis. Uh, I'm talking about like miniature scale toys and shit. Um, yeah. And he just like broke them all apart, took the doors off of this, took the hood off of that, and just kind of jigsawed them together. And and the beast you get, like if, if you Google that right now and you, I watched a documentary on the Batmobile, so I, I got to see kind of like the practical model that they made just off of building all and like destroying all these toys together and stuff. And it looks kind of like what we get in the film, like all those side panels hanging off, like you you know it's it's like those were inspired by him just taking a door off of a, a Lamborghini and just sticking it on there like that. So I just thought that was pretty cool. No, that's really cool. It's it's really you know obviously I'm not really surprised when I hear crazy visionary stuff from Nolan. So, um, but that is cool. So, how far are we from Tenant? I just want to get get hyped a little more. Let's get high. Two weeks. Two weeks, I think. Yeah, fuck. If all goes well in Canada. Or it, at the end of the... Or at next week, even. We only got two weeks left of the month. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. We got we got Tenant coming up soon. So that's going to be... That's going to be really fun. To, to get back into a theater and watch a exciting Christopher Nolan movie. Um, oh, God, yeah. I just wanted to quickly say, if people couldn't already tell, whoever's listening... Uh, I got a bit of sinus and congestion, so my voice might be a bit choppy in this episode. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to yeah. get that out of the way. And I guess I should welcome everyone to the Mythic Morons. I'm Chaney. Yes. Welcome, welcome. S- sit here. Um, as far as I can tell, you just said you wanted to talk a little bit about that Batman stuff. And um, is there anything else you want to say on that? Regarding Batman, um, just the Batman year one thing you've been doing. I know, yeah. I'm trying to think if I had any else thing else in mind. I don't know. I just wanted to kind of give praise to the Nolan trilogy. Kind of, uh, yeah. If if you know, like people are you know trying to get into reading more books during the quarantine. I know I was. I will. I read a uh, Watchmen. Um, I'm reading right now year one. So I'm finding graphic novels is just been really fun getting into just different kind of not like uh storylines but just those kind mm-hmm. of one-shot stories or just kind of really contained narratives um i'm really having fun is it with the, um, models. in year one is it the falcone family that's like the main villain or is there any like classic batman villains that show i up? think it is falcone's family yeah yeah the falcone crime family i think it's it's mostly that um i haven't gone to much of that part yet um 
but I think so. I think that's where they're heading. It's not like there's no um, rogues gallery yet. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but there is um, actually some. There's some Ghost of Tsushima news, which is very interesting. Did you hear about? Oh. The uh, the update that they are announced that they have announced, which came completely no out of nowhere. Um, what is it? Which I so I actually had a thought about this. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if Ghost of Tsushima made a multiplayer? Which I don't know how they would implement it. I don't know how it could be done because it's such a single player story game. But today I hop on YouTube and what do I see? A fucking Ghost of Tsushima co-op multiplayer game or update DLC, whatever that's coming out. Yeah. Co-op. Co-op. Yeah. It looks like a four player co-op. So Uh, what do you do? Like multi-man missions? I don't know what the entire what the uh, what the game kind of what kind of game multiplayer game it is. I yeah, I don't think it's like a battle royale or anything like that. It looked more like horde based, kind of like you're just gonna go through like waves of uh, waves of enemies and probably bosses, and it looked it looked much more like fantasy driven than the game. Much more like kind of Sekiro or Neo, like those kind of games, like much more flashy and anime inspired and and they said that the that this dlc is inspired by like japanese folklore and myth and like mythic tales and stuff like that so um i'm excited for that yeah i know it's it's a weird game to even think about multiplayer being included but um i remember when i got assassin's creed brotherhood and i found it it had multiplayer and guess what that multiplayer is fun as fuck dude really that that was a, i remember that was the first uh multiplayer to come to assassin's creed that was a really yeah. big deal four player co-op you can all be assassins with your friends like, yeah, yeah it was a little janky but like it was fun as fuck like and even like the the competitive multiplayer where you were just a citizen and you walked around and you got like high points for doing sneaky assassinations and and shit like that it's it's it was really like to take the concept of Assassin's Creed and make it into a competitive multiplayer. Yeah. Was... It's best of both worlds. It's getting that multiplayer yeah. crowd, you know. You might have some of your friends that are just, like, too tied onto the multiplayer, the Call of Duties and the, the Battle Royales of today's and all that. And so I'm, I'm definitely urging all my friends on PlayStation 4, like, this is now a must-buy game by all standards. Like, it, it was already a must-buy great game off the story, but I can understand, you know, people who just want to be, like, like grinding through games and replaying it and whatever and that might not be their thing like i think like this came out of nowhere but it's gonna it's gonna gain some new audiences i'm sure and i would i'm just excited to play like i'm 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 feel shitty for you man you can't you can't get on that wave which sucks but uh but i brought you onto a wave what's that (laughs) i brought you onto a wave oh yeah they that let's not let's not go there yet We're, we're still unsure about our feelings but uh talking about no, halo no, right halo yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm talking i know i i like oh, halo yeah. okay we'll talk about it uh I, okay yeah just quickly i, I started playing halo through... one just just about one mission two mi- no we're like three missions three deep. three missions in yeah yeah we're like three missions deep now so um i'll give my initial thoughts coming off of, of a bit of um sour words for halo before but i yeah i like it it's dope it, it seems yeah. like something that is like something that I, I would be into. There's no reason I, I shouldn't be into it. It's got right. a dope-ass setting, uh, dope characters so far from what I can see. Um, Chaney, I got Chaney like side-by-side kind of uh, running me down like a little Halo tourist, the little uh, the Halo ring tourist. He's just like, yes, yeah, well, exactly. this is where, um, where the Forerunners were. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Time to buy a comic book. No. But uh no yeah it's it's cool. The music is the best part so far. The music uh soundtrack. That oh, is my God. favorite thing. Yeah, I'll be honest. It's it's so good. And, it's so and good. everything Mario Donald touches is golden. Like even when he did the Destiny 1 soundtrack, like that was fucking awesome still. Mm-hmm. Um not that I even like Destiny that much, but um yeah, Halo soundtrack. Like we, like I said when we were playing it, like it's that um, just the Star Wars soundtrack sort of mm-hmm. emphasizes and and lifts it has up its the entire very classic, experience. very classic kind of a uh, uh, soundtrack. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm excited Lots to kind of go. Violins. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, it, 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 I like how um, when sci-fi incorporates the classical 
makes it feel much more epic, you know? Um, but I'm excited to get deeper into the Halo, the Master Chief Collection, play play more games in it and see how the gameplay evolves from Halo 1. So, yeah. We'll just wait till we get to Halo 2, man. <laughs> All right, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've heard that already. It's like, oh, yeah, you, you see that tank over there? You see that tank? It's sick, eh? No, you can't drive yeah. it yet. Don't worry. Halo 2. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, Halo 2 is like Mario Brothers 2 to Mario. It's like Half-Life 2 to Half-Life. It's It's like everything i told i always say this like halo one was a happy accident well guess what they realized what what worked what accidents worked in halo one yeah and they said okay let's do some real shit now so halo two get ready looking forward to it all right you want to get into our uh our little discussion for the night the movie that we've watched yep unless there's anything you wanted to you bring into our weekly discussion anything you've uh been consuming over the week uh i rewatched all of season one of the boys nice um, yeah in anticipation yeah yeah um it's coming out september 4th i believe oh shit um, that's still some time away i know i know i kind of i always thought of it like as a summer a show bit. it's a really fun summer show i feel you know like it's not watch. a fun show dude oh it Rewatching is a fun season show. one it's fun but it's like whole like <laughs> Some some things in that show just messed me up. What what got you? Days. And it's in a rewatch. I I haven't rewatched season one yet, but uh, I probably Whew. will in preparation. What got um, you? Not gonna spoil anything, but the airplane scene. Every time I oh watch yeah, it. fuck. That's no spoilers, but that's it. Just the airplane scene. Yeah. Like the first time I watched that, I had to shut the show off and I had to Oof. go to bed. And oh. Fuck me, dude. That show just gets you so hard. And um, it's probably like I really like the Injustice storyline within DC. I played the games and um, I don't know. It's just a fun storyline. What if Superman was evil? Yeah. Um, This is what if Superman was evil and an asshole. Right. So and and like um, um, like fucking kind of like Hollywood, you know, like the, the whole thing with superheroes in the show is it's like a play on Hollywood actors, I guess, you know, like the douchey kind of Hollywood actors, the, the A-list kind of conceited assholes. And it's like, yeah, well, if there were superheroes and they were treated like the way we idolize, you know, actors and, and the famous people as they are, then, um, how, how would they act? How would we behave around them? And it's like, it's such a, it's such a, I love those kind of approaches to shows where it's just like, let's, let's flip the convention on its, on its head, you know? And, uh, yeah. And it's fantastic, and I highly encourage everybody to watch it if you have Amazon Prime, which a lot of people do, and they don't even use their Prime Video, which I'm surprised. But like, they need to market market that better. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, obviously, it's not well. It's not well uh, talked about, or kind of Amazon Prime, like compared to Netflix, is just it's like underrated, but has a great collection of stuff. You, know, you kind of got to. You dig can a find a lot of gems. Prime. You got to dig a little bit. There's a lot of bullshit you got to dig through. There's a lot of those kind of. There's a lot of B movies. There's a lot of just like, uh, <laughs> those kind of like, I, I call them like library movies. Just like the movies mm-hmm. you would see in the library all the time and stuff. But yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and then other than that, um, I actually. Uh, it took me like three hours to get it going, but I. Ended up playing um, a fan-made Pokemon game, mm. um, or at least the demo of one, um, which That's was like one, one fifth of the game. What'd you um, play it on? On your on the not illegal the emulator? Oh, okay. No, no, you don't even need an emulator. Guys um, are able. There's like software you can buy that, that allows you to make RPGs, mm-hmm. and some people have already. Um, I just found out about this. There's a whole community around this. Um, of RPG makers and especially with the Pokemon because there's something you can download called Pokemon Essentials and it basically just has all the code and all the scripting you could ever need to create a Pokemon game. Oh, that's cool. Um, so it's like so it's the, like a Pokemon game engine essentially. Yeah. So you, nice. you can run this Pokemon game engine on the RPG maker and then literally make maps. Right. Upload your own sprites. In the same format, in like the same format as all the other games. Yeah, and you can like yeah, you can get different tiles, which meaning like that's like the art tile sets, and you can get different um, like 
battle emulators so you can have different battle animations and whatnot so it's it's a pretty extensive community that you know it's actually been pretty fun to explore so i played through that um it's a little weird it's a little weird um you can tell like these fan made games are obviously done by some hardcore people so um the mechanics like despite Pokemon simplicity it actually does have pretty deep mechanics I've been actually following the competitive scene for quite a bit um, and like they really stretch out those deep mechanics within these fan made games to where like you actually have to pay attention you have to know shit and um, yeah you really you really gotta know your shit and it's not it's not an easy walk through like it's not really a kids game well it's made it's, by it, fans so it's it's made by fans for fans I guess exactly yeah so right. it just it does everything that a fan would want in a challenge so um but it, it's really fun he's got um unique pokemon that he made um through spriting and um he's got unique battle animations and new characters and new mechanics and it's um it's really cool and it's a yeah it's just it's just cool to see what people can do with today's technology and um, people can make full-fledged Pokemon games that would only be made by professional studios just 10 or 11 years ago. Yeah. So the leap that we've like jumped across uh, in video games and, and how that bleeds over even into movies. I always saw like video games uh, like, you know, like CGI or whatever was always catching up to the movie quality, but now it's like neck. The race is like neck and neck it's yeah it, movies are using video game technology and it's just like what's it gonna be 10 years from now you know like that that's always the question that excites me and terrifies me at the same time are we gonna have ready player one kind of mm-hmm. future where you know you just pop into a world of everything like you know imagine you just you the whole virtual reality space is an emulator for every video game you've ever played want to play heard of and it's a universe essentially like that's what ready player one is if you, if you haven't seen that movie uh great movie by steven spielberg but um that it's like you know it's terrifying but exciting it's what what, what are we gonna do guess we can move on is all we can do <laughs> i guess so cheney's really excited to talk about the movie uh, uh got some strong feelings for this one Got a, got a stacked cast of actors in this. <laughs> yeah. What did you say? You I have strong feelings. I just have lack of feelings for this movie. Okay. It's such a... Okay. I'll let you intro it first. I'll intro it. I'll intro it. So the movie we um are well, we already watched that we're going to talk about, it's a new release movie on Netflix called Project Power. Um, it is directed by... Two directors, Henry Joost and Ariel Schulman. Wow, this makes more sense now to some of my criticism, um, which that's not going to make sense right now. But uh, yeah, anyways, and starring Machine Gun Kelly, the rapper, uh, Jamie Foxx, Joseph Joseph Gordon-Levitt, um, and some like relatively unknown actors too. And yeah, it's uh, it's one of those Netflix movies that's been, I guess, hyped up for a while. I've been seeing it, seeing it pop up, and yeah, I don't know, Chady, you wanna you wanna share your thoughts? One thing worries me about um, the people responsible for this movie. Um, who's the writer? Writer, the people Matson, responsible. Hold them accountable. Matson Tomlin, Matson yeah. Tomlin wrote this movie. Oh Guess wow! Movie? Guess what movie he's also writing? Oh, I, I, or I didn't is even have participating to, uh, in. Sure. He's not fully writing the new Batman movie. There's another writer on that, um, but he's part of the writing. But he's team. working on it. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah so wow. that has me. What else has he written? Oh God. Not a lot. Not a lot. Hey, wait, he's from Romania. Like, who is this guy? Like, this guy from random screenwriter from Romania who's writing the Batman. What? Yeah. What is this? I know he's not he's not the main writer I know but he's there but he's there and that has me a little worried because the writing in this movie is a mess it really is I will give props where props are due yeah cool concept 
cool concept. Neat concept. Neat concept. Yeah, it for those who are not familiar with the show, it's basically okay, what if, you know, in like the world we live in today, uh you could package and manufacture and sell superpowers of like, you know, ranging from super speed to invisibility to uh fucking impenetrable by bullets bulletproof i guess that's the word i don't know why i didn't just say that um yeah all that kind of stuff and it's basically in pill form and lasts only five minutes so it's it's like a drug crisis kind of movie like this there's this whole upsurge of superpower people going around and and it, here's what here's one of my complaints about it who's the protagonist of this movie there's you know you start the movie from like three different story points viewpoints feels like a michael bay movie when you first start it <clears throat> and it's uh yeah i don't know that's my first question it's like i don't know uh who i'm following here is this a story of a little girl who is like a hustler kind of uh she's a street hustler her name's robin robin the mm. street hustler teenage girl who who um deals drugs at shady shady back alley places and she's like I guess she's a narc like she she works with the cops and um she works with her, a cop she what works with a cop she works with Work Frank with one who, cop. who is buying drugs from her to sort of even the playing field because yes. criminals have the drugs so he's using her as a means to obtain drugs to sort of allow him to have an advantage against criminals so they can bring him more more in yes so that's Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, the the police officer, and I, I liked his character. I like that concept of uh, a cop having wanting like to level the playing field. Um, you know, he he his motivation or his reasoning behind it is like he wants to protect the city, he wants to protect the people. He knows there's corruption and there's people with ulterior agendas against that. So he does what mm-hmm. needs to be done, and I I like that. I would have appreciated more attention on his story kind of going through this world mm-hmm. that would yeah here's cool. the thing about this movie okay we have three main plot points we have robbins which is her trying to obtain money through dealing these drugs and just trying to get by as she lives in a slum and her mom has diabetes and is in need of um, some health care despite their lack of insurance so she's selling this extremely valuable drug at a high price and yada 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 then you have Frank, who is a cop just trying to bring in these bad criminals, but it's sort of revealed over time that perhaps the police force isn't as all well-mannered as they should be, and there's some corruption going on, and he tries to eventually end the corruption when he has those revelations. And then you have Art, which is a revenge story against the government as he tries to get his daughter back. All three of those plot lines would have made good movies on their own. But for some reason, yeah. these completely different plot lines from completely different characters all need to converge into one extremely convoluted plot line, and it just messes things up for me so much. And yeah, it, I don't know. It's three. It, it's exactly that. It's three movies that are like twist tied into trying to be one movie. Like you don't even get arts. Like you get arts story so spoon fed to you like periodically. Like here's more. Here's more of this, so you know you can kind of keep up with what where we're going and stuff like. Mm-hmm. Which I'm thinking, like, like just spread this out. Like, I keep thinking this was a show. Like, the concept of this should have been a show, a TV show, you know, like an eight or ten episode serialized version of this, where you could flesh mm-hmm. out these characters and flesh out the world because it's all interesting. It's all like really well set up. It's like modern day characters. It's like people that you know you would see going down the street or, or people that. You know, at least I would like in, in in Toronto or something. Like I don't know about Dorchester; that's much like that. But uh, you know what I mean? It's like it it's, it feels like something familiar, but and and the concept of having okay, like throw in superpowers into this, it's cool. And I want I want to spend more time with these characters interacting each other in the world and all that. But it's like rushing through it and just trying to like give you plot point by plot point by plot point and beat you through this movie. Yeah, you know. You can really tell with Art because, like, he has this really weird sort of PTSD condition that allows you to see the plot conveniently about his backstory, right? And it's just such a weird because it's not like I don't, it's not like a real thing where suddenly he's looking through the past. I thought that was like his superpower for a second. It had me really confused throughout the movie, 
like where he was able to go back in time or something. But like, mm-hmm. no, it's just a weird way of showing his backstory without too much dialogue because I feel like that would take too much work or um, this was the only way they could do it because they have to fit in two other extremely complicated plot lines. Exactly. So they, they kind of um, tied, they kind of like shot themselves in the foot trying to, yeah, you know, they probably, it felt like they gave that and then they're like, Oh, well now we should explain that he's, um he's a veteran or he, he used to yeah. fight in the army. So now here's a, a scene to show show that or here's like a picture i don't even think that it was explicitly mentioned in dialogue it was one of those flashback kind of things that you're talking about and it was just like a picture of him in uniform and there's yeah. a lot of that that's just kind of like visual splash images just kind of thrown at you and stuff but um, and you'd think like they wouldn't want to waste screen time but there seems to be like so much shit that's just like they had these like cool ideas for scenes and i hate this with directors and writers where they write the scene before they earn it if you know what i mean it's like they have a cool idea for a scene and they write around it to get to that scene versus writing and then that scene being a natural progression of the story. I.e. Robin's rap against the teacher I thought was so goofy and so out of place and it just made me not like her because what the hell did this teacher do wrong? Mm. And all of a sudden I- she's like ragging on him and and spitting hot bars towards him. Yep. And making I, him feel like a piece of shit. And then I'm like, well, that was kind of just an asshole move by you. Girl. Well, I love that we can agree that she was spitting some hot bars there. Yeah. Well, and I also have a hard time with movies in terms of freestyle rappers. <laughs> um, she wasn't bad. She Obviously. Good no, she's a good rapper. rapper. But it's like, it's so hard in movies when you're like, oh, this character is freestyle rapping. When it's like, no, this was written before well written probably drafted out a couple times and stuff but uh, yeah i had a really i had a really different um take on that scene or not take uh i guess impact on me i guess you know i I liked it i liked that was kind of like a character defining moment for robin like i i don't know it's it's a bit of a cliche those kind of scenes that that fake you out and be like oh this was just all in her head and stuff uh but you know like i could see I could see that like as, as an actual thing, you know, that would happen. Like this is somebody who, um, she wants to be a rapper. Like this is her dream. This is her goal. As she says in the movie. And yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm just kind of putting myself in that position where like, okay, she's in school and the teacher might not necessarily be like a full dickhead and stuff. And like an asshole, like he wasn't like, you're saying he didn't deserve, what would he have done to deserve that? But it's like, I really like put yourself in the position of that kid. She doesn't want to be here. And she's trying to be like, fuck this, I'm over this shit. Like, over this yeah, whole school okay. shit. But at the end of the day, her fear gets to her. So, you know, it's a little bit of that. I don't know, I liked it. I, I like that That's kind of... That's true. Uh, but it's like, how did that rap plotline conclude? Like, I don't... It was... Well, I don't it underst- here, Here's where it concluded. Because remember in the... Uh, when she's with Jamie Foxx, right? When Jamie Foxx kidnaps her, essentially. Spoilers. Uh, and he says like, "Oh yeah, you're a rapper. Rap for me." And uh, she goes, "No, nah, like I don't rap in front of people." And then you know he says, "Well, how are you gonna be a rapper then? Like that's kind of the point." So the whole thing is like she says she wants to be a rapper, but she's like too scared or like not really fully committed to the idea of it. And so it's this whole progression of I guess like really trying to like rap in front of people. I guess like that's her emotional arc through the through the movie. Um, is is building the confidence to rap, yeah. Hmm. I, I wouldn't even say build the confidence to rap. I guess no, just no. I'm just I'm, I'm just general. like I know I'm just making a little fun of it. But like yeah, it's 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 kind of it's just that it's like a kid building confidence through school and like. But like yeah. I said, if we had time with her, that sure. would make more sense. But we don't have time with her because they decided to have these three plot lines, right? So they really needed to, as a writing team shave off the fat right get some more direction going make this more streamlined than how it seems like, like they probably shaved off all the fat that they could have without making this into like a four-hour movie Ex- yeah or or like a yeah. six hours tv show which they should have i'll keep saying it you know like yeah i thought like the, the way they were setting up was like okay yeah this is cool but like you're there there's so much setup like there's like now you gotta like robin has a mother and like that like here's her whole backstory and like 
she has to take care of her mom her mom's sick has to get meds for her like there was so much setup so much like they want you to understand and follow with uh but it just like it, it by the end of it they're like okay we have to get to that third act battle essentially like you said they're just writing to those moments so that you know you know that there's going to be a third act conflict a mm-hmm. big ass battle or something in a superhero movie mm-hmm. um yeah i just want to talk about the third act real quick like, i think the movie just kind of flops fully in that third act like i think i told you like i texted you this like it seemed to me like a different director just took the camera and made like the conventional superhero movie third act kind of thing mm-hmm. and yeah. uh yeah, it it was just like, what what movie am I watching now? Yeah, it didn't even feel like a superhero third act to me. It just felt like generic action man. It yeah, felt like Gemini Man third act. To me. Ooh, good comparison. You know yeah. what I mean? Action man. Here we go. Do the action thing on a interesting set full of twists and turns. Wow. Yeah, here's um, things to blow up. Here's things on fire. Like it, it all felt generic. Yeah. Yeah. Which very, is a shame, really, because this film has a really dope visual style. Here's some praise, like, we'll give to it, because I know you'll agree on this, too. But, like, it's a good-looking movie. For what we were saying, also, like, for Netflix being what is, like, the equivalent of a TV movie today, uh, mm-hmm. and, like, obviously they put in a, like, they don't put in TV budget, uh, TV movie budgets. Like, they give it a good, decent budget. But, like, pretty impressive, like, visual effects, I thought. Sometimes... Yes, some of the CG is a little janky, um, i.e. No the more big man. Uh, oh, when, um, that was janky. That yeah, that I'm like, why are you trying to make the Hulk in this? Yeah, it was just was really weird. Um, you can tell they put some yeah. money, more money into some other scenes like the uh, elemental kind of powers. I liked uh, like the fire, the guy, like the Human Torch. Yeah. Like this is what would happen if there was a human torch. This is how that's what look. happens when Eminem distracts you. <laughs> when exactly? Yeah. Yeah. Ended career and becomes an actor. Yeah. And, uh, um, the ice know. lady was kind of cool, but again, it's it's like that's such a weird scene where it's like this. The focus is on this girl freezing and sort of falling apart. Oh, it's such while a Jamie Foxx yeah. does his thing on the outside. It's like that's such a that, weird. And it was weirdly shot. Like, it was like, why are we in a one taking this girl's chamber? And like, you can't see any of the action. It's not even Jamie Foxx at that no. point. It's just a stunt, you know, stunt man just flipping around the room. It, it's like, why did you shoot it like this and, and yeah. edit it like this? And it's, I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, Here, I want to talk about the directors also, real quick. Just real quick. These are the directors of the 2016 movie Nerve. I never watched Nerve. I just heard, knew it was a bad movie off the trailer. Um, it's yeah, I don't, I don't even get into it. And Paranormal Activity Four, arguably the worst Paranormal Activity movie. So there you go. That's what we're working with. Uh, no diss to these guys. I'm sure you know good guys. Hope I I hope you're good guys. But um, not like just not that. Not one of those movie. director duos we've been looking out for. You Which know, like that? the Russo brothers and and the guys that did the Lighthouse. Yeah, it's not it's not one of those uh trend trend it doesn't follow that trend no that trendy of of brothers and yeah stuff the the duo the the new hipster duo that make uh cool movies like no hey i got an idea for us what's that let's be a hipster duo that makes movies (laughs) that's original what do we make a hipster Um, movie (laughs) black and white movie about inner city life oh nice there's oh uh we didn't you didn't get to watch it yet you didn't watch an american pickle yet I wanted to talk about that with you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no. I gotta, I gotta figure out a way to watch that. I'll try to get my brother's crave. Um, here's one thing I want to say. Um, I should be on the IMDb for this movie as the fucking <laughs> biology consultant because the way they ex- <laughs> the way they explain the way animals work in this fucking movie makes no goddamn oh, sense. Oh my god. Oh <laughs> yeah. Just just get into that a little bit. How how do powers okay. how do superpowers work in this movie? So the way they explain the powers in this movie is it basically when you eat the superpower pill, it recontextualizes your DNA to give you traits that animals have because animals technically have superpowers. For example, there's a frog that will break its bones 
and use its bones as weapons. The Wolverine like Wolver- frog. Like Wolverine. It's called the Wolverine um, frog. I didn't know this existed in Mother Nature. Well, I'll give credit to this movie. It, it's put me on some dope animals that I definitely Googled and want to watch more documentaries of. Uh-huh. Continue. Yeah, continue. They also like the chameleon, so you can um, sort of regulate the, the pigment in your skin to camouflage like a yep. cuttlefish as well. And then let's talk about a pistol shrimp, shall we? Is that a real thing? <sighs> pistol shrimps are real. The way they explain the way pistol shrimps work in this movie are fucking bullshit. Okay, All right? uh, let's get into it. This is now the pistol shrimp episode. Clear this up, Chaney. Let's go. Okay, a pistol shrimp. Pistol shrimp is a type of shrimp. Surprise, okay. surprise. It's got a <laughs> tiny little claw on one side, and it's got a really big claw on the other side. Okay. What it does with that claw, the big claw, is it will find a prey item and it will shut that claw, that big claw, so quickly that it shoots a jet of water and knocks the fish out. And it can, eat, it can then eat that fish. So, yes, it is one of the most powerful animals, hypothetically, in the animal kingdom. And it does get really hot near where that pinch happens. Where that water jet happens. So is it shooting it like is, a hot air or hot water into it's the... It's shooting you know, a hot water jet at, at okay. fish okay. from clamping down on the water so hard. It does not create a temperature hotter than the surface of the sun. That is bullshit. Yeah, when the movie is trying to explain that. that that a pincher shrimp is essentially a microwave. That pistol turns shrimp. the... Uh, sorry, whatever. Pistol shrimp yeah. is essentially underwater microwave that kills all life in the water like how does that no. make sense the way they explain it doesn't it? make sense okay if i'm you, like wouldn't that just destroy everything if this was a, a shrimp exactly if you had anything if you had a molecule on the head of a pin the size of the head of the pin that was the same temperature as the surface of the sun you would cause a nuclear explosion on earth wow that's not that doesn't true. make any sense to me but I, that blew my mind okay it's not true that the pistol shrimp creates a temperature that's hotter than the surface of the sun for an instant. That wouldn't happen. That'd cause a nuclear explosion. Yeah. Let's just get that straight. Two, it's <laughs> not a microwave. The reason why it's hot is because it's an extreme friction within the water, right? But the way Jamie Foxx describes his power as the pistol shrimp, and then the way they show it is completely <laughs> fucking different. He just turns into a microwave and all the water around him evaporates and causes a big explosion. That's not how a pistol shrimp works. Oh, yeah, I started imagining started a pistol shrimp uh, whiplashing fucking energy beams around like blah, blah, blah. I'm and somehow snakes and other reptiles being able to thermoregulate means you can set yourself on fire or turn into ice. That's not how that fucking works. Anyways, yeah. if you're going to explain your entire power set off the basis of animal traits, then at least like, come on. I don't know. Do some more homework. Call Do Chaney, some more homework. The fucking yeah, call me. No, university call graduate me. student. Not even a graduate student, undergraduate student. Here you go, getting schooled. I graduated now. I am a graduate student, technically. Now. There you go. He's a graduate student. You heard so it here first. Call me. I will I will uh, I will. You know what? That's an interesting job for a movie. Like Chaney, that's that's a really interesting career path that you should actually consider. Just be the guy to, that tells people on movie sets that they're wrong. And that this is the way science works, you know. I would I would happily sit in a writer's room and listen to people. Oh, dude! Sp- I'll make I'll make a about- microbiologist movie just just so you can become like the new Kip Thorne, and then we'll you know start publishing papers and we'll change the game up like that. Yeah. I'll make a I'll, I'll do it. I'll make a micro. It's another reason why I like Christopher Nolan so much. It's because oh, not yeah. only does he make great movies, but he also advanced science by creating the most accurate black hole model in existence when yeah. he did inception which well, is kip, mind-boggling that's kip thorne let's give credit to the scientists behind that that's kip thorne who like it, take this is how inception was conceptualized like he said look nobody has figured out what a black hole looks like or how it behaves i have the Sorry, science that i have the science that would visualize that or or understand that but you know nobody's going to give me money to to put funding and research into that oh let's make a hollywood movie because they get millions of dollars they get boatloads of money just handed to them oh let's get christopher nolan one of the world's greatest modern day filmmakers who's just as nerdy and cool about this shit and oh man like talking to my supervisor him getting like research money 
like the struggle professors go through to get research money, it's no fucking wonder that this guy went to this extreme to do that. He made a Hollywood movie to write a paper, to publish a paper. Good that for was him. it. Good for him, bro. Get this guy a Nobel Peace Prize. He figured some shit peace out, bro. Prize? Between what Hollywood executives? Yeah, and something. That's peace. Faculty? That's 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 finesse. Like that's like a finesse. If he can figure that out, he can end all wars. I'm sure. But uh, yeah, man. Shout out Kip Thorne. Um, I would like to say that Jamie Fox is really really good in this movie, despite the material he's given. Yeah. Um, to be fair, all actors, I think, all the performances were really, like, really good. Yeah. Uh, Especially the, the young Fox, girl. Though, I find. Yeah, the young, the the dynamic he has with the daughter figure that he has, not his actual mm-hmm. daughter in the film. Um, Robin, I keep forgetting her name. Yeah. Who's played by like an unknown actress, but um, no, she did a really good job. She's, I she's up and coming. Yeah, she did up a good and coming. Job. Yeah. Uh, good relationship between the characters, and I just yeah, like I. At that end, like I always thought the movie was gonna be Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon Lovett, like buddy cop superhero movie. It it was four minutes of that, maybe, you know. So like this, the whole marketing of it and like everything is kind of like wrong, just incorrect, invalid. Reboot this, make a TV show. That's my opinion. Uh, but you know, people should still watch this. I think that's. I think the takeaway should be watch it, make your opinion on it. Because here's the thing: I'm looking on it on Google, right? We're trashing this movie. It has a 60% of Rotten Tomatoes, but that aggregate kind of Google aggregate thing, uh, it's at like 85%. So like, I think this is going to be one of those movies that like, it's perfect for Netflix in the sense that just hop it like, I mean, flip it on after dinner, you're with your family, want to watch something just kind of like entertaining for entertainment's sake. This is, I, that's my review. It's I. It's a, it's a little brain dead action movie. Um, it's amazing how they're able to take a cool concept and make the most generic plotline ever, especially with Jamie Foxx's plotline of man getting back at the government. Yeah. Do you think um, this is going to get a sequel? I hope not. I think it will. I seriously, I seriously, uh, I mean, I think yeah, they're going to franchise. Really, like, I think they'll oh, franchise man. the shit out of this. And I don't know. Everyone wants the franchise. Everyone wants the connected universe now. And it's just, I think, like I said, that connected universe shit's going to die within the next 10 years. So any, any effort put towards it now is just kind of wasted. And, um, I'd hate to see the, the talents of Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Jamie Foxx and especially this young and up and coming actress. I'd, I'd rather see her in, in much more appropriate role to, to her skills. I don't think sure. she should be in action movies. I think she should be in more oh, dramatized sure. drama. She's, yeah. She's got that yeah. range, dude. She got that yeah. range. And so. she's, she's standing toe to toe with Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon Levin. I would love to see her in like a drama movie any day. Uh, here's yeah. my pitch for the sequel though, or a TV show. Drop all the, the cast, the current cast, the current storyline that you got. Okay. Drop it. Set it in LA again, or set it in New York for that matter. Right. Cause it kind of set up this point that this was the test city they were doing in LA or whatever. Or not in LA, sorry. Where was this? In New, New Orleans. Orleans. Yeah, New yeah. Orleans, not LA. Uh, so yeah, it was set in New Orleans, which is cool. You know, not a lot of movies are set in New Orleans, and it's very much a part of the film, part of the characters, like characterizations, I guess. And um, I would say for a sequel, set it again in a, like a New York or an LA kind of like, a city that has its ups and downs. There's a uh, a high society kind of living there's those high society people but just down the street you're going to run into the underground crowd uh, mm-hmm. uh right and yeah like in the movie they set up like new orleans which is a test they're going to go city to city and peddle these drugs and do more tests and whatever and uh i honestly forget how the movie fucking ends it was that not memorable like unmemorable that you know whatever but forget about this movie set it up again in new york or la and have it so that it's like these no-name kind of nobody characters. Like, you're just taking people. Like, how Robin was just kind of like... I wanted to see more of that. Like, how did she get into dealing drugs? Like, why is a 16-year-old, like, in that position in the first place? So, like, let's get a bit of that kind of, like, street-level origin story of, like... Not a superhero origin story, but kind of... Without getting too deep in it anyways, I want to see just kind of, like the 
how this drug would mix in with like a high society kind of folk and a low society and like just a more more in-depth kind of street level on these kind of characters and make it a tv show make it like 10 episodes each episode is like just a different storyline you know i don't know that's a cool way to do it but lots of ways to do it I, i wouldn't actually mind like a tv show of like maybe not the same characters like you said just kind of garbage like scrap everybody but that dynamic of drug dealer helping um cop helping cop who's yeah. just trying to level the playing field and the whole series is them trying to take down a crime boss who's a super villain at this point because he's got that should have been the, yeah that should have been the movie like the jamie fox thing that was cool making it a revenge story but yeah it should have that's probably the most interesting storyline not the revenge plot like that is picked out of any you know classic revenge yeah. movie or whatever yeah that whole but, like corrupt yeah. like hey hold on yeah here's something that's dropped like that secret society that was helping the cops that was telling the cops what to do like that's just dropped and i th- was most intrigued by that like how's he oh, gonna- that ended in like a scene in that in that ice shootout that just finished yeah that was yeah it's so it didn't lead anywhere it's like oh there's a corrupt government on top of the cops that are like that are fucking over New Orleans, like oh, it 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 was getting cool and interesting, and it's just like, no, for you, just no. men in black fucking mind erase that shit out of your mind. Yeah, because they didn't have enough time to explore Joseph Gordon Levitt's character. Um, um, Frank was yeah Frank. Um, later in the movie, and he was just sort of there to facilitate action and move the plot along, versus having an actual stake in the story because you know his whole thing was um sort of stopping the bad guys leveling the playing field when it comes to this war that's going on in the city between the cops and criminals and you know when he's faced with the fact that his entire institution that he's a part of is corrupt and isn't what what he thinks it is that sort of just dropped whereas that should have been like a a really big in terms of like classical storytelling that should have been like a really big turning point for the character when his whole world gets turned upside down a la luke skywalker realizing that his father's darth vader you know yeah or like he's he he's almost like in a batman position at that point he's like you know he has the he has the path of becoming a vigilante full full front vigilante uh yeah or he can still be a law-abiding or as much close to the law as he can still remain, you know? Uh, but yeah, we don't get much of that conflict. We don't get much of that, uh, like, time spent, I guess, dealing with those questions. No. Um, and like you said, this would definitely be more serviceable as a TV show. Where Yeah, I just you keep have... thinking, like, explore this world further. Just what's what's up with that corruption, you know, like... Uh, that was cool to be fair i don't i'm not really that interested in this like the concept's cool but like the world just seems like um like a x-meny ish here's the thing though it's not there's nothing inherently special about the world there's not The, the what i like about it is that it's like taking the normal world we live in now and like how would you introduce superheroes and superpowers and villains and good guys and all that kind of stuff? You turn it into a drug and that's the most accessible way to consume. It's like, it's, it's just, it's like the most relevant way I think of seeing superheroes like Mm -hmm. in a real life setting, like commercialized superheroes and like manufactured superheroes. And uh, like that whole idea of using a drug to like make yourself uh better than what you were reminds me of a little short film from a while ago shout out shout out 2051 little little indie oh, project oh wow <laughs> yeah. self plug you know, you know. right here self plug had to but um it's one of those things it's like it's not it's not a world like uh with so much richness or lore but it lends itself to a lot of possibilities it lends itself to any type of character situation any type anything you can imagine any type of story you want to tell and you just have that concept of having you know drugs or or, or superheroes in the form of a pill and you can do a lot with that i think 
Yeah. Um, I'd really like to see, like, again, that, like, crime boss. Like, you know, what's that journey? What's that What's that adventure of taking down a crime boss, a drug lord, where the drug is a superpower, you know? So that, that'd be where I'd like to explore, because I don't think that's been done, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. What has been done are generic revenge plots quite a bit. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's... Oh, yeah. It's just a shame that, like, this... Yeah, like the world, maybe not so much. The concept is cool, though, and it's just a shame that this not unique concept, but cool concept, is wasted on an absolutely thoughtless, mindless plot. So, um, but yeah, still give it a watch. Um, there's not like this movie's irredeemable. It's just sort of there. I know I won't yeah. be watching it again, but um, it's just sort of there, and it does its thing and you know you can throw this on in the background yeah it's a good it's a good background movie it's a i'm just reading some reviews on google some guy said gave it five stars because it had good camera angles and good music so that's pretty interesting um i don't i didn't notice anything particularly great about the camera angles did you or the music um, for that matter music no music's pretty forgettable camera angles I mean, the only really unique one they did was the the wraparound shot of the ice lady or the... Yeah, the, yeah that the, was them um, trying to be cool and creative and arty and filmy and use their film school knowledge and just left, me scr- yeah, just left me scratching my head. Like, why? And yeah, like Casey Neistat was in this movie too for like two seconds. Yeah, I thought that was he had, gonna, was going to have something to do. Yeah. It's like, don't stick a YouTuber in the movie and not have him be a character. You know, it's just like, oh, well, that's Casey Neistat just standing right there. They're just trying to tap into that audience at this point. Like, because they just, that's Well, here's the thing. That's exactly, it it was such a, like, audience, specific audience-driven movie. Like, it was so specific. Like, here's a 16-year-old girl that freestyle and, like, disses her teacher and all her friends record and put it on, like, TikTok and shit. And here's fucking MGK, first scene. Here's yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah. you know, here's Casey Neistat. Like it's it was so driven to be a movie for like our demographic essentially, and uh, this movie yeah, wasn't overseen to be a quality movie. This movie is overseen no. to make sure it had eyes on it. It was meant and, to be a product. Um, let's be honest. Yeah, I, I think it, it was is, meant it, to be a product. It was meant to hopefully be a franchise kicker to them in their eyes. And uh, yeah, yeah, no. Um, on IMDb, the distribution they have, like majority of people gave it a six out of ten, which is about right. It's a passable movie with a few good scenes. I really like when Jamie Foxx is interrogating people. That's always fun. But um, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's my score. Yeah, my score is I encourage people to watch it, make your own opinions. Don't just listen to other people and think, oh, that movie was good or bad because that guy said so. Uh, watch it. Tell us what you think. Let us know. I haven't seen The Old Guard yet. I, I've heard a lot of good things about that one. Um, have you seen that one on Netflix? On another Netflix, Netflix movie? That's a Netflix one with Charlize Theron. Another hyped up Netflix movie. Um, oh, I haven't, haven't seen it. But um, yeah, it's got decent reviews. Yeah, it's got decent reviews. I think I find with Netflix movies, even when they're hyped up to be really great, uh, like I'm thinking back to Bird Box. That's the only one I'm thinking oh, back to actually. Because don't even get me started. On Netflix, that. Netflix is like almost a little inconsistent with their original films. You get movies like The Irishman and Marriage Story, which are Oscar-nominated films and just like masterclass movies in writing and directing and all that. Um, but then you get movies like Bird Box and. I like what they're doing that they're they're catering to like you know you know cinema and like good cinema and good films and uh, that sort of thing and then they're also catering to just high action essentially theater movies and you know I I find like this fits into that category it's not trying to be cinema too cinema it's not trying to be 
too much thought into it and oh like the writing was great it's not it doesn't care about that it's like okay you've already paid for our subscription you'll probably watch this you'll probably flip it on and we just want you to have an entertaining time and for the most part i think people will i think like the audience that we're talking about and uh like the subscribers to netflix and stuff like that it's it's not it's a movie that is not going to be as like dissected and and kind of brutalized the way we were kind of getting at it you know it's just going to be put on and put in the background i think like the way you said yeah um it's not like netflix has bad movies i know some people some devoted fans have made lists of like actual like critically acclaimed netflix originals that weren't really advertised well they were just sort of um, that's a problem with them they they don't really even show it on their front page all too much they're they're kind of independent low-key uh, so whether it's um, a movie that was an indie movie that Netflix got the distribution rights to or an actual Netflix produced movie that's has a smaller budget, they don't really promote those. And there's a lot out there. Um, I know there's I saw one list on Reddit. Someone made like a list of 12 films that, you know, I didn't even know existed, but apparently they're out there and apparently they're really good. Um, if you like horror movies, um, I highly recommend The Ritual on Netflix. Mm. Um, okay. It's... Um, very fucked up and it gets into some of my favorite stuff being Norse mythology so it's like a Norse mythos horror movie that's cool yeah it's uh it's really great that's all I got what are we talking about for next week are we gonna get back to Star Wars yeah let's do Clone Wars okay you mean Attack of the Clones Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. We can't do all of Clone Wars. No, I would love yes. to talk, get into Clone Wars at some point, though. Clone Let's Wars. Let's stick is to awesome. mainline trilogy for now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. 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 Sorry, not mainline um, trilogy. Mainline trilogies. Yes. The trilogies, and uh, yeah, that's all. I think that's all today. Short and sweet episode, guys. Um, thank you guys for thank you for anybody who uh, clicks on our page likes our stuff listens to us gives us feedback you know much appreciated and and much love to all the people worldwide (laughs) i'm making it sound bigger than we actually are but like yeah to all the to all the small people that are out there uh, if you're still from ireland and you're listening i really appreciate you yeah cheney's a fan of the irish so i I am too actually yeah come from an irish settled town so (laughs) yeah there's lots of you fucking bastards around here anyways um yeah so look forward to attack of the clones next week it's probably my least favorite of the prequels but um i absolutely love to hate it so it would be more positive than my hate review of the movie this week um yeah there's a lot to love to hate when it comes to the uh, to the good old clones um lot lot to dissect about it so yeah we're gonna watch that this week and probably get back to you guys next week on that so Enjoy your week, watch some movies, watch some shows, and uh, be good. Make sure you keep up with us on Instagram. We uh, post some movies there that we're going to watch and that you guys can sort of jump in and join in. So um, follow us on Instagram at Mythic Morons. Um, If you listen to Apple Podcasts, give us a rating and a review. That helps a lot. or just a rating review on any other podcast apps that we're on, like Google Podcasts and Spotify. So um, thanks a lot for listening. I'm signing out. Peace.